2 Peter chapter 2, we'll read verses 4 through 8. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, again say this. If God spared not the angels that sinned and cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we thank you for your mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, we uh, just uh, uh, thank you, dear God, that you uh, watch over us and you hear our prayers. Lord, we uh, thank you for getting uh, uh, Brent home uh, safely and I pray that his stuff would be able to make it back safely here as well and just give him guidance as he has to make decisions with the future here and things. Just guide him there. Lord, we think of Sister Sherry's unspoken, Lord. I'm glad that you already know what it is, and God, you're working. We believe that, and God, help her just to rest in your faithfulness until, dear God, she gets clarity on whatever that might be. Lord, we pray for those with physical needs among us. So we think of Sister Muxlow in the hospital tonight. We think of Sister Judy. We think of Loretta Carpenter and her brother. We think of Sister Phoebe's brother-in-law. Lord, we think of Mr. Pittman and his family. We think of Mike tonight and so many others that are up on our heart tonight with physical need. God, please touch them, those with spiritual need. We think of Brother Wood's brother and Brother Wood's father, and uh, we all, uh, God, have loved ones and friends, dear God, that uh, need salvation. We pray wherever they are, you'd work in those hearts tonight. Now, again, Lord, as we look at this uh, portion of Scripture, uh, Lord, that you would teach us, give us understanding, that we might continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And of course, uh, last time we looked, I think it was uh, verses uh, 1 through 6, and of course, we knew about the false teachers, but there we saw that, uh, you know, those false teachers are going to be judged. And we saw there, as it says here, God spared not the angels, amen, I mean, but uh, delivered them into hell. So we saw that, hey, God, uh, sometimes God just has to bring judgment. He brought judgment upon the angels and cast them to hell. So we saw God spared not the angels. And then we saw that God spared not the old world in Noah's day, right? Uh, there was a, a wickedness, the, the, you know, the, 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 the desires of their heart were a wickedness continually. And so uh, God judged uh, the old world. He spared not the old world. And then it says there that he spared not uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. So we see he spared not the angels, he spared not the old world, he spared not the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then we finished up, and the amazing thing was, uh, you know, we could see why, why judgment fell on the angels. We could see why judgment fell upon the old world. We could see why judgment fell upon Sodom and Gomorrah. But we finished with that thought that God spared not his own son. That was the crazy. We weren't surprised that judgment fell on the angels. We weren't surprised that judgment fell on the old world. We weren't surprised that judgment fell uh, on Sodom and Gomorrah. But, oh, we're surprised that judgment fell and he spared not his own son, that he was willing, amen, to put judgment upon his own son so that we could be uh, delivered. And then we see uh, another amazing thing here in verse 7. 
why he spared not uh, uh, all these others, what is amazing is who he did spare, <laughs> right? He spared not Sodom and Gomorrah, but what's amazing is who he did spare out of Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course, uh, we see in verse 7 that that was Lot and delivered just Lot, not just Lot, but also just, <laughs> that he was just, amen, <laughs> called him just, Lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. So we see he spared, uh, he did spare Lot. But of course, uh, in verse 5, it says this again, he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. So we see uh, during uh, uh, the time of world judgment, he spared Noah. But it makes sense why he spared Noah. We can see why he spared Noah. That's understandable because it says Noah was a preacher of righteousness. It says this about Noah in Genesis 6, 9. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, generation, and Noah walked with God. So it's understandable why he spared Noah in his day. But we're sort of shocked when we look at Lot and uh, uh, his situation, how he spared Lot. So it's amazing that he put Noah, uh, uh, live right in his day, and uh, Lot, he messed things up, but yet God... Saw the same thing in both of them, <laughs> in the both of them. He didn't see the same thing through both of them, maybe, but he saw the same thing in both of them. Let's look at some highlights real quickly about Lot's life. Uh, we'll just do it quickly. You know, most of these turn over to Genesis 13. And since you know most of them, we'll just look at some highlights here. Genesis 13. And of course, you know the story that when uh, when Abraham came out, <laughs> there were Chaldees that his uh, 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 nephew Lot came with him. And then, of course, you know that uh, uh, both of them had, uh, you know, were blessed, I guess, in, in, in the financial sense. And they didn't really argue, but the herdmen did. And, and so, uh, you know, Abraham, uh, being uh, gracious, being a man of grace and a gracious man, you know, he came to Lot about it. And it says here in Genesis 13, 11, we'll read verses 11 through 13. It says this in Genesis 13. Then Lot shows him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Verse 13, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So that tells you what the Lord it didn't, it just didn't say, hey, they were sinners. It says exceedingly and that they were wicked. And notice uh, verse 11 again, it makes this statement, then Lot chose him. So we see that what Lot made, he made a conscious decision about the direction that he was going to head. He made a conscious decision about the direction that he was going to head. And we need to realize whether good or bad, we are where we are in life because of our daily choices up to this point. So if you see yourself in a mess, it's because of the daily choices that you've made up to this point in your life. But thank God if you find yourself in the right place, it's because you've been making good choices uh, 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 daily in your life, in your service with the Lord. And so we see Lot chose a place where he thought he could make a good living. Right. He saw, you know, it was green over on that side. And so Lot uh, chose a place where he thought he could make a good living. 
And again, there's nothing wrong, of course, with providing for your family. Nothing wrong with having a desire to provide for your family. Matter of fact, uh, uh, we're commanded to take care of our family. And there's nothing wrong with even making a good living. But sometimes the cost of good living is more than just the benefit, <laughs> right? You know, if you're not, if you're choosing or, or getting that good living, right, uh, 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 having to do the wrong things or having to be in the wrong place. And so right living should come before good living. Right living should come before good living. You know, I had a man call me, young man call me recently. He was, had to make a decision between two jobs. And one job, he, uh, he would have had a better position with a chance even to get a, a, a maybe within a couple of years, a, a higher management position, right? But the job he started off with, he would have made more money, but he would have had to work, I think it was every other, every other Sunday. And the other job he made, uh, he, he would have made less money, but he never had to work on Sunday. And so he was trying to make a, a decision between the two. And, uh, he, uh, he, but he made this statement. He said, well, one of the reasons uh, uh, me and my wife moved down here so I wouldn't have to work. I had to work on Sundays at my last job. And so we tried to find a job where I didn't have to work on Sundays and we could focus on our family. I said, well, right there's your answer. I said, hey, you know, you can always get another job, but you can't get these years back with your family and, and having your children in church and uh, uh, training them upright and all that. You can't get that, you can't get that, get that back. And so he called me up a couple days later, and he chose the one for a lower position. And uh, in other words, he was trained, example, for a certain position, but he even took a job less than that that he was qualified for, and with cheaper money, just to make sure that he was off on Sunday and that he could uh, be there and focus on his family for this time period while his children uh, were young. And so he chose right living over good living in that situation. Genesis 14, we see a couple of verses. Genesis 14 says this. Now, uh, so, so uh, Lot uh, moves into Sodom and Gomorrah, and of course, uh, uh, some kings come, and they attack Sodom and Gomorrah. But let's pick up in verse 11. and verse 12, it says this. And they took all the goods, these kings that came and warred against Sodom and Gomorrah, they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their victuals, and went their way. And notice verse 12, Genesis 14. And they took Lot, Abram's brother, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. Notice that. And his goods, and departed. So we see Lot's goods were taken. And so this is a good example of why you should not make decisions solely based upon things, solely based upon good living. Right? Because those things can change any moment. Those things can be taken any moment. You know, if I'm talking about my apartment burning up in Bulgaria, and we had just gotten back from Korea, see my wife's family, where they gave me a bunch of nice things, you know? They gave me a bunch of nice things while we were there, and you know, but uh, that quick uh, lost them all. And so those things can be taken. But Lot, fortunately, was de delivered by Abraham and his men. So, but here's, here's the thing. This looked like a dire situation. You know, oh no, uh, Lot's been taken, his family's been taken, all his things have been taken. But you know, really, this might have been a blessing in disguise because it seemed like a dire circumstance, but it may have really been grace interceding in Lot's life and given him a chance to reconsider the decision that he had made 
and where his family was headed. Obviously, he missed out on this teaching point and opportunity and paid the price for it. But again, what looked like a dire situation really might have been God stepping in in this grace and saying, hey, Lot, you better realize where you're at. You better realize where your family's headed. And I'm going to have Abraham come down here and give you another chance to rethink, amen, these decisions that you're making. Well, obviously, Lot didn't learn much. He, he got his things back and went right back to Sodom and Gomorrah. God said this about Abraham. God said this about Abraham in Genesis 18, 19. He said, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken. And what a testimony for God to say that about one of his servants. Well, when you love God to say that something about you, boy, I, I know brother so-and-so that he will command his children and his household after him, and keep the way of the Lord, and do justice and judgment, that I may bring upon him that which he has spoken of him. Amen? God says, hey, listen, uh, I, uh, what, what a testimony that God has the confidence in you that you're going to make the right decisions concerning your family. You're going to train up your children in the way they ought to go. Amen? You're going to nurture them and the, uh, uh, teach them and nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. What a blessing that is that God can give that testimony. So Abraham, we see, would guide his children right. But Lot's children were not so fortunate. They, again, choosing God. Remember this. Again, nothing wrong. Hey, listen, if you got everything right, listen, I could care less what you have. Amen? Now, if you're driving an Audi A6, I might be jealous. Amen? If you're driving an Audi A6. But listen, hey, but if you got it, hey, listen. But listen, if it comes down to it, you're always better to choose God over goods. God over goods, like Abraham did. And, of course, God blessed him with both. But then turn over to Genesis 19, and of course, this is where the angels are coming in, right? Where uh, Sodom is getting ready to get judged, Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 19, and what do we see? Now here, in Genesis 14, God had given him an opportunity that God attacked, and he could have made his decision. He could have went to Abraham and said, uh, man, uh, Uncle Abraham, uh, I see I've made some bad decisions. Uh, I shouldn't be in this place. I see how it's affected my children. I see it's how it's re affecting my relationship with my wife. Maybe I need, but no, what did he do? Got his stuff back and went right back uh, uh, into sin. He might have said that to Abraham, just like, you know, you talk to people in prison. The, folks, the most faithful church member you ever met is the guy in prison that you're talking to that moment, right? Or in the hospital or whatever with that situation. But what happened? Uh, Lot didn't learn his lesson. So we see in Genesis 19, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now, the fact that he was sitting in the gate means that he had some type of position in that city, right? He was sitting in a place of authority. But what does Psalm 1-1 say? Psalm 1-1 says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of uh, the scornful. But we see uh, uh, Lot sitting right there in a place of authority in that wicked city. In verse 4, it says this. Now, of course, you know what happens. The angels come in, and he invites them to their home. And then, of course, a crowd shows up at his home. We see this in verse 14. It says, But before they lay down, the men of the city 
even the men of Sodom, boy, this is so wicked, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Now, notice, notice that statement there, both old and young. That shows you how wicked this place was. You see, it says both old and young. You see, this is the danger in society. This is the danger in society. The older wicked ones influencing and stealing the innocence of the impressionable ones. That's what happened. Let me say that again. Notice it says old and young. And again, the danger in society that the older wicked ones influencing and stealing the innocence of the impressionable young. Remember, that crowd can't reproduce, so they have to recruit. And that's exactly what's going on in our society today. That's what's going on. You see this thing going on with the schools because of the books, you know? And, and, and I read a thing in the news the other day that, that some of these school boards and places, they reviewed some of these books and said they're okay. Because, you see, these type of children need to, you know, understand uh, these things. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's just wicked and vile. And so this is definitely going on in our society today, and we see it going on in the public schools. Say more about that in a moment. So here, and so he, what happened? Lots of children were there, and so you know what that meant? It sounds like America today. Lots of children learned in the sodomite schools. Lots of children played with the sodomite children. Lots of children heard and saw right? Uh, what the Sodomites talked about and how they lived. And that's exactly what's going on in today. That's what's happening in our schools. Our children are ending up, they go to public schools, are ending up in the Sodomites schools, all right? And they're playing with the Sodomites children. What, what, what a wicked thing that they would let those people adopt. Right. And the plan. And you know what? And they're seeing and they're hearing what sodomites talk about and how they live. And they talk wickedness. Don't think. Now, I can't imagine how they talk. I remember 30 years ago when I, uh, I went to Bulgaria. Right. I was working at AT&T and there had sodomites there. And you know what? I witnessed to them. You know, listen. But let me say this. It's one thing to care about a person's soul. It's another thing to condone their behavior. <laughs> and when I worked at AT&T, those people knew where I stood on that. Right? Because we, we had one guy. I'm just coming out. I, I know. This, it was a, he was a flare. You know, he was just out there with it. Right? And then they hired this kid, about 19 years old, however old he was, and they told me to train him. And I was going, and so I'm taking him around training. And then one of the young, one of the men came up to him and said, you know, I'm just telling you what he said. Jeff, what are you doing going around there? That guy's homosexual. You should be walking around with him. I said, listen, I'll just say to him, I don't talk behind people's backs. So you know what I did? I went to my break room. I took the guy to the break room. And I said, listen, somebody told me you are homosexual, and I don't talk behind people's backs. Right? I said, so, you know, they said it about you, so you tell me. He said, no. Right? But you know what? I found out he was. But you know, I never said. I'm just telling you, I never said another word to him because I've been. I started already starting to witness to him. I don't, you know. And he was listening to me and he was talking to me, right? But let me tell you, uh, 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 those 
uh, I, th- those guys would come in and I'd hear them over there with these wicked women that were loose, right? I'm just being honest with you. And, and they'd be talking about, you know, what they did over the weekend. And, and you know, I didn't want to hear that stuff. And one day, uh, this uh, a guy who was just bold about his homosexuality and a woman, they were talking across my desk about going to see some male dancers. I'm getting sidetracked here. And I just looked at him and I said, look, listen, I said, that's as wicked as hell is hot. And you, you're not, you're not going to be talking across my desk like that. I said, you need to get out of here. I said, I'm not going to put up with that. Right. And so my my third, so my supervisor called me in and said, Jeff, you can't be talking like that. I said, let me tell you something. You know where I stand. You know, I, I do my work. You know, I mind my own business, but they're talking in front of my desk and I don't have to put up with that. And I mind my own business, do my job. But if you think I'm going to walk around here like a dog with my tail between my legs, I said, you can forget it. I didn't do nothing wrong. And my supervisor was kind of wimpy anyway, so he didn't do nothing about it. Right. But, you know, and I don't walk around with a chip on my shoulder about those things. But listen, and, you know, and I just go about and do my job. But listen, if you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. And if you confront me, you know, by God's grace, I'm going to take a stand about it. But listen, it's getting harder and harder, uh, 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 you know, uh, to do that. You know, and if they would have fired me, so what? No job is worth compromising on those things. But our children are facing that. But it's not that we don't care about their soul. Just like I told you, I still witness to that young man, but I wasn't going to talk behind his back. Amen. I just asked him. Right. And I'd already and I'd been and I've been witnessing uh, uh, to him anyways. But we don't condone their behavior. And again, this is what we need to realize. It says about uh, 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 Lot here, just because you do not participate in what people around you do. Let me say this. And young people need to know this because when they go to work and they're around those people and stuff, just because you do not participate in what people around you do does not mean you are not or cannot be affected by them. Because if nothing else, you'll be desensitized. You know, because I say, oh, but, but they're so nice. Well, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, but they're not nice because they're homosexual. They're nice because they're a nice person, maybe in that in that sense. But that doesn't mean, right, uh, that Romans 1, 20, let me give you Romans 1. We know Romans 1, but let me give you Romans 1, 28 through 32 says this. And even as they did not like to retain God on their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do these things which are not convenient, being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, uh, 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 malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now listen to verse 32, verse 32, Romans 1, who knowing the judgment of God, right? I mean, they, they could have read about what God, how God deals with those things, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but notice how verse 32 ends have pleasure in them that do them. Have pleasure in them that do them. What does that mean? They consent. Listen, uh, the reason America is going that direction is not because there's so many people like that in America. It's because there's so many consenting to those people in America. That, that percentage of people is one or two percent. 
But the problem is, so it's not that, that that group of people is getting larger in numbers. What's getting in larger in numbers is the people that consent to it and don't say anything about it and don't take a stand against it. That's what's getting bigger. You know, if you watch TV, you think you think 80 percent get sidetracked, but that's OK. Listen, if you watch TV or something you, or even commercials, you think 80 percent of the guys in America are homosexuals today or or this or that. No, it's still a small percentage. But unfortunately, the percentage that's consenting today is getting larger. Listen, people that I knew in, in, in churches I used to go to that were good, strong Christians, they moved away and they got into some whatever church they go to now. And they're like, oh, well, no. And, and this and that. Listen, listen. It's not about, again, it's not about not caring about people. Listen, I, I've, 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 walked, I've, I've walked up to people that I knew were a homosexual, right? That I knew them when they were kids. And when I saw them, you know what I did? I hugged them like they were that five-year-old child that I knew years ago. And you know what I said to them? I said, anything I can do to help you, my wife and I'll do to help you. And if you need to get away from here, you are welcome to come to my house anytime and stay in my home and I'll do anything I can to help you. And the whole, whole time I talked to them, they had tears rolling down their eyes because they knew where I stood on the issue. But they also knew, amen, I stood against their sin, but I stood for their soul and anything I could do to help them. And so, you know, yes, both can work together. So we can, we can be strong against and at the same time be strong for. But listen, we don't need to be consenting and to give in uh, to the things of society. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2, when they're rebuking them, it says, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. In verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 5, it says this, ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken from among you. And you know what's happening? When our society should be mourning over what's going on in our society, instead they're getting puffed up about it like they did. Puffed up means to speak of pride. And uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 6 says this, your glorying is not good. 1 Timothy 5, 20 says, tells us what we're supposed to do. Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. Ephesians 5, 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So what happened? He saw all this and look at verses 7 and 8. It says, and delivered just lot, look at the word, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Verse 8, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their inward deeds. That word vexed means to what? Anybody know that? It means to irritate. It means to torment. That's what it means. The, 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 their filthy conversation, that means their filthy way of life. Their filthy way of life, seeing and hearing. See this, seeing and hearing. You see, what we listen to and what we watch on a daily basis matters. What we listen to, that's right, the music you listen to matters, right? Don't tell me that music doesn't affect you. I, 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 I don't know. 
I, you know, maybe, you know, maybe some of you are real spiritual, but I never knew anybody that went on a date and said, hey, honey, let's listen to Amazing Grace. Amen. No, uh-uh. Right? Music, don't tell me music doesn't affect you. Of course it does. Right? So what you listen to and what you see on a daily basis matters. And we see that what he saw on a daily basis affected him. But you know what? Sin should irritate us. Sin should irritate us. Psalm 119.53 says this, Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Psalm 119, 136 says, Rivers of water run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. Psalm 119, 158 says, I beheld the transgressors and was grieved. That should be our testimony today. We see these transgressors and we should be grieved because they kept not thy word. That's how we're supposed to feel about sin as believers. This is how we should feel. But Lot was a believer, but he was living in the wrong place among the wrong people for the wrong reason. So his soul got vexed. And what, what, what causes that irritation? You know, like when things rub together, cause irritation? Well, what happens is if you're saved, you know where that irritation's coming from? Your old nature is rubbing against your new nature. <laughs> that causes an irritation. Your old nature is rubbing against your new nature, and there's a conflict, you know? Uh, uh, because, uh, you know, those things are desirable to the old nature, that sin, and the new nature says, you know, is fighting back, said, no, uh-uh. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be listening to that. No, you shouldn't be looking at that. No, you shouldn't be putting up with that, right? So when the old nature is rubbing against the new nature, we feel that irritation. Our soul is being vexed. Why? Because God's trying to get our attention and saying, hey, you, need to, you shouldn't be around all this. You shouldn't be hearing this. You shouldn't be seeing this. This isn't a good place to raise children. And it says they're unlawful deeds, unlawful deeds. Listen, the laws of society may change and make these things lawful, but God's law, God's word will not change. These things will always be wicked, filthy, and unlawful in the eyes of a holy God. And so this book is not going to change, and the God of this book is not going to change. But here's the amazing thing. What does God say about Lot? Despite all this, despite all this, it says what? And delivered just Lot. That's an amazing statement, if you understand the context here. Verse 8, for that righteous man. What an amazing thing. If you understand all the wickedness going on here, but in the midst of that, he says this just man, this uh, righteous man. And so the Lord calls him just. That is amazing. And it is amazing. It's amazing grace. That's <laughs> how he can call him just in that situation. Romans 3, 26 says this, To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he, Jesus Christ, might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in just. Because, you see, he wasn't just in his own right. He was, it was Jesus who justifies and made him just. In verse 8, his righteous soul. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Lot, Lot, by God's grace was righteous. But obviously he didn't preach it in word or deed like Noah, but yet he was delivered like Noah. You see? And so this, this is a, Lot is a clear example. 
Now, we look at Noah, we can say, hey, we can see why he was delivered. He, he, you know, his testimony was a righteous testimony. He preached righteous. We can see why Noah was delivered. But really, you know what? Uh, 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 the, the, the fact that Noah, uh, Noah was preaching righteousness had nothing to do with why he was delivered. And, 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 and Lot, despite what he was doing, had nothing to do on why he, he wasn't delivered. They were both delivered for the same reason. Righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. We're justified in Jesus Christ. So, hey, listen, uh, 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 thank God that, I mean, what a testimony. Uh, we look at Lot, we said, how in the world could you do that? Why? Because it had nothing to do with him. It just had to do with one day that he believed God somewhere along the line. And God, in his grace, delivered him. And so Lot is a clear example that our righteousness is based totally on Christ alone and his finished work, not on our daily works and actions. Note, Nott and Loah were both delivered from judgment. And thank God, one day God will deliver his people, amen, us before a great judgment by way of what we call the rapture. There's absolutely no reason for the church to go part way or all the way through the tribulation because it has nothing to do with the church. The tribulation has nothing to do with the church. But Luke 17 says this, verse 26 through 30. Finish up here in a moment. And it was as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also was it as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of man is uh, revealed. So listen, uh, thank God one day we are going to be delivered. And why? Simply because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that we received the day we got saved. We have been delivered from the wrath to come. Romans 5, 9 says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. 1 Thessalonians 1, 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God hath not anoint, appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, uh, what, what an amazing thing. Hey, Noah got delivered, Lot got delivered, but they both uh, got delivered, not based upon what they did or didn't do as far as the way they were living, now, of course, Noah's going to receive a greater reward, amen, because he did live right, right? But it was all simply by the grace of God, amen, who is our justification and our righteousness. So praise God, we're going to be delivered. But until then, amen, here's the question. Will we be the right example like Noah and Abraham? Or will we be made an example like Lot? <laughs> See, he was made an example Noah and Abraham were an example. So thank God if we're saved, we're saved. But what kind of testimony are we going to have in this world? Are we going to have to, are we going to go this life being an example? Or is God going to have to make us an example as he did there? Because, boy, you, you know what happened with uh, Lot's family and, uh, and all the wickedness and vileness that went on there and, and what tribes came out of there and uh, what, uh, uh, how they were against uh, Israel and all those things. 
But what a, what, what a great uh, example we see here of God's grace in these verses, but also, you know, a reminder of what God still, listen, God hasn't changed his mind about what he thinks about the sins. And believe me, uh, uh, there are cities, if not the whole nation, that deserves, that doesn't deserve to be spared. Amen. If God should come down, there aren't too many cities, if you will, that would deserve to be uh, 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 spared. You know the story of when uh, uh, the homosexuals came to march years ago here, right? I mean, Pastor Stan Craig took the strongest stance, but you couldn't get that crowd today in Greenville. Not because there's some necessary more homosexuals living in Greenville, but because what? There's people that sympathize and give in uh, uh, to that. So listen, uh, 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 God, amen, still takes a strong stand. Amen. He takes a strong stand against sin, but he also takes a strong stand, amen, that we're his children, amen. And they thank God if he comes again, I'm blowing this popcorn stand, amen. Let's pray.